Welcome to the Crafted Cool Podcast, coming to you from the Inked Fairy Lounge. I am Stephen St. Clair, and with me is my co-host, Sadie K. Frazier. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Inked Fairy Lounge and to our first podcast ever. And together, we are going to be your podcast baristas, serving you a beverage for your mind. So, when you're listening to our podcast, you'll hear us say things like the grind, the melange, and the pour. So, what exactly does that mean? We have already said that in this podcast, we will be talking about books, the authors that wrote them, and everything in between. Now, let's get to the nitty-gritty of the segments and what they mean. As authors, we delicately craft our words, seeking to enlighten and intrigue our readers, right? And as writers, we can all agree, I think, that a healthy dose of caffeine is often necessary to make those words take flight and bring out the most intense flavor possible. So we thought, why not use our favorite life-sustaining beverage, coffee? As an analogy of the segments we will share with you on this podcast. So the grind is the first segment, where we will share the facts about the certain topics, upcoming books, we will be exploring the textures of thought, the inviting aroma of scintillating conversation, and the taste of knowledge. During the second segment, we called that the melange, or the brewing process, where we will share with you a guest speaker as they talk about their upcoming books and their literary concoctions that have been brewed and steeped to perfection. And finally, for our third segment, we called it the pour. We talk about the everything in between and invite you to taste the satisfying knowledge we have served, drinking in the audio liquid to satisfy your mind. Welcome back. This is Stephen St. Clair with my lovely co-host, Sadie K. Frazier. We've been on a break. It was an unintentional break, but um, we had some things going on. We're like a two-year hiatus from all of our dreams. All of our dreams were put on hold. Anyways, uh, here are some of the things that we were up to in the past two years. Besides life taking over, we kind of, well, what did we do, Sadie? The first thing we did was decide to kind of pull ties from our first publisher. We won't mention any names. It was a very valuable learning experience. But I think in the end, we decided that we wanted a little bit more creative liberty over our covers, our content, pretty much everything in between. Agreed. And you had already started on that path by yourself when you wrote... Love Sam. Love Sam. So yep. you you kind of learned on the fly a little bit, I think, right? Yep. And then we did some other things. Um, 
it, writing's tough, so you know we 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 didn't always write. We didn't always do a lot, but we did start a vlog. Well, how did that start first? How did we create the idea for our co-book? Our co-book. Our co-book is called Have Fate Will Travel, but over the past summer, um, for my darling co-host and wife's birthday, we were at a cool little place across the river, and she found a few things which stemmed to another thing which led to a book idea, and we were doing a tweet one night, and I, and I did hashtag, Have Fate Will Travel. Well, then all of a sudden, Sadie saw it, and she's like, Oh, honey. And I was like, what? And she goes, you just gave us a book title. So out of that, we're co-authoring our, what would you call it, a contemporary... Adventure romance. Novel, yes, called Have Fate Will Travel, which we currently have put on hold as well to kind of start up some other things that mean a lot to us. And from that... We started our own travel vlog thanks to uh, a few groups of uh youtubers um the first one was adventures of a plus k if you have not checked them out you have to check them out on youtube uh their names are Catherine and adam and they actually gave reference to another group of youtubers kara and nate fabulous Eight hundred thousand videos binge watched later <laughs> yeah it ate up a lot of time but it also also gave way to research for and actually, that's how that started for our book, Have Fate Will Travel, thanks to Adventures of A Plus K. It, it basically, we saw their videos, allowed us to research, and then a few months later, we've got almost 200 pages, and we're not even halfway through uh, Have Fate Will Travel book nope. yet. We're still stuck in the Pacific Northwest at the moment. so yeah, It's not a bad place to get stuck, though. I was going to say. As someone that's been there, it's a good place to get stuck. And that's pretty much what we've been working on the last couple years. Um, we are in the process of re-editing, recovering all of our previous books that were out through a previous publisher. Many of them are back up on Amazon right now, several others soon to come. We're going to try to reinvent not only this podcast, but also keep the vlog up and running, edit our books, <laughs> get all that stuff out, and in the same token, find enough time to pour our hearts out on paper and continue being authors yeah we're not in short supply of things to do and we have regular full-time jobs as well so everything we do off the clock we're almost like we're on the clock until bedtime exactly and how many current manuscripts do you have in your google drive oh, good god i have close to 40 i would like to say that sadie has started a new something something and so did i but you know when things are official we'll release that at a later date probably throw in a little advertisement exactly Exactly. Lots of exciting things to come. I hope you'll be patient with us as we practice and get this all back up and running and hit the ground running. And as the title of the podcast suggests, The Crafted Quill, no one starts out awesome except their ideas. So stick with us as we grow along and grind up the ideas and pour them into an awesome brew for you. So hang tight. We're going to take a little break and we'll be right back.
And welcome back. Thanks for joining us again. This is the second segment. The Melange. The Melange. So we're going to, this podcast, as I said in the very first part where we explain everything, um, it's about books, authors that wrote them, and everything in between. We thought we would start this segment simply by talking about um, books and how they've impacted us. Um, and even um, the world as we know it, and just everything in between. So when you think about books, and uh, growing up, I had a reading problem, and it wasn't until junior high that I was in my junior high library, and I ran across some really cool books. Uh, one of the authors was Andre Norton, and it just kind of went took off from there, and I absorbed a lot of my teenagers writing books, but what was it that first drew you to that book? Like as even as someone who wasn't writing back then, what made you pick up that book for the first time? I, I would say it was a combination between the cover and what the book was about. That makes sense. I would say I've even purchased books like when we've been at a Barnes and Noble store before. I've just bought a book simply off the cover without even reading what it was about. I knew the basic genre, but I didn't know anything about the book. And I mean, that can kind of go more than one way. There's sometimes that you can have the most awesome cover that draws people in, catches the eye, and the content is crap. So, I mean, it's, there's other times that the, you know, people don't even give it a chance because the cover isn't really anything that attracts the eye. The book might be awesome, but if you don't have that visual eye candy, so to speak, yeah. to pull you in, you're not going to keep your interest. And we can attest to that now that we're self-publishing under the brand name. And why didn't we think of this before? That's true. Inked Fairy Press is our publishing company. We kind of forgot to mention that's what we've Oops. been doing as well. <laughs> but now that we have creative control over our covers, and, and mind you, creative control simply means we have rules we have to follow. We can't... We Still copyright laws. Yeah, we can't go out and just take something and call it ours. We have to follow the rules, and we're still learning, too. So if we get dinged for something, we'll, we'll learn, and it's part of the crafting process. But uh, in the cool part about being self-published is my partner here, she redid my covers, and i got to tell you, I kind of like them. Seeing them on the computer screen and when they're thrown up on Amazon... I'd buy that book. So let's talk about some other books. And uh, my wife and I started watching the show called Man in the High Castle. And, yeah, my, she just said that was her book. <laughs> Not her book. She didn't write it. An author by the name Philip K. Dick uh, wrote it. But how did it impact you? <laughs> after after watching... Well, I usually just took over my idea and just ran with it. But anyway, after watching Man in the High Castle on Amazon Prime, like he said, it was written by Philip K. Dick. I was thinking as an author watching that video or the, that series of videos, how many details one had to have kept track of. I know how much notes I write down not only in my notes section on my phone, but on my Google Drive, in my email. I have hundreds of pages of just notes and ideas. So to have to keep track of all the characters in that book, 
all the scenarios, all the the back legwork of the stories behind and even in the future where there's different timelines that combine. It's amazing to me how much they've had to keep track of in order to make that a hit on Amazon Prime. And that leads into many other books and classics that, whether it's made it to film or not, have impacted us. I'll attest to that, too. Um, There's a book I'm working on right now. It's still in the process for uh, a major publisher. One of their requirements, they wanted the basically the whole book put out in an outline form, and I emailed them. I said, I understand what you're talking about, and I know that's what you need, but I don't write like that. Well, through a lot of grumblings and planning, I basically uh, wrote out the whole book in short chapter outlines and turned it in that way. And then afterwards, I'm like, well, that was a lot easier than I thought. But the point is, with what Sadie was saying is, when you get a book that is turned into a movie, you have to kind of spin it in a circle. When you have multiple characters, multiple plots, you're going to lose yourself if you're not really careful. So as two authors that are in the biz... Um, we have to be really careful about how much info we put in those books because you will lose your audience, whether it be in the book or the TV show. And you can't, you don't want to make things so complex that, you know, the, there are uber nerds out there that dissect everything. You don't want to make their heads hurt. But at the same time, you want to keep them entertained, attached, and in love with the characters so that when they're not watching the show, that's all they think about. And the same thing with our books. She and I both have part one and part two, and I think I have a three-book series. You want your audience to go, God, I can't wait until the next book comes out. Would you agree? I agree, but also still not lose the original feeling of the intention of that first book. For instance, all the classics now that they're redoing and making into movies. Sometimes those original classics and those original ideas, you can't compare to that. You can make it big and fancy and add all on all these production productions that they spend millions of dollars redoing but it might lose the original heart of the story so to speak from you know the classics that they were intended to be so agreed and perfect example of uh, books that were turned into movies and this is where i messed up uh, i wasn't supposed to talk about man the high castle <laughs> i was supposed to talk about uh, tolkien's books um lord of the rings I had never read them as a kid growing up, um, so it was I knew about them, but I just, you know, anytime I went to the library, which was my favorite hangout as a kid, they were always gone, and, and I don't ever let the size of the book deter you from reading it. So, the Lord of the Rings series, the, the you know, not not the Hobbit ones that came, that came after the fact, movie-wise, the original books, um, they were massive in content. And Tolkien researched, basically came up with his own language in it. So when they were converted into a movie, people had to sit and basically break the book apart and write it into a screenplay. That's why I would say when you see a movie, read the book first or after the, afterwards too because then you, you get a lot of in-between details that maybe the, the movie left out. And they may or may not be important, but remember people write those screenplays they pull out what they think is important so lord of the rings was a massive series and is one very good example of books that somebody wrote that years down the road somebody said hey that would be an awesome movie look at outlander for example 
she had all but given up on putting her books out and hoping that they would ever go anywhere and sell. And she did not give up. No, and I, I would imagine, you know, she Diana Gabaldon probably back in nineties. She wasn't thinking, hey, this book someday will be a TV show. No. Someone eventually came along and said, hey. I've got this awesome book I'd love to turn it into a screenplay. It just takes that one person to read it and say, I can see this on the big screen. And and, and that's where you as the readers are our biggest supplier of imagination because if we don't do our job as authors in what I like to call writing with my third eye, you know, we, we got to do a good job at presenting the story to you so that if you're reading along, whether it be with music, without music, we paint a good picture for you. Explain that a little bit more, because I like your description of that. What do you mean by being able to write using your third eye? I look at it, and when I first started writing, as a blind person walking through the forest. Obviously, they're impaired with not having any sight, so they relay, not relay, rely on all of the other senses, mainly of your hearing. But as you're walking through the forest, you might touch something, Uh, Your feet are on the ground, and your auditory is a huge component. So when you're reading, what do you hear in the story? What, What do your fingers feel in the story? And your senses show you. So it's there. There's a lot going on in the book, and as authors, you know, we try and write with a blind eye. And and I even with my my three book series, Kindred Souls, I was like how would that look up on the big screen? So, and that, that kind of helps shape things a little bit. Mm-hmm. Love Sam is another one that I could see up on the big screen, but I think one of my biggest issues as an author is um, convincing myself that it's worthy to be on the big screen or worthy for people to write. I think that's one of our biggest downfalls is not believing in our own work. Um, we might think that it's good book material, But unless you visually describe, unless you pull in everyone else's senses, you're not going to be able to sell that product and have someone else believe in it like you do. It it doesn't count when we're the only ones that believe in it. You need to pull other people into your world. And that's that's part, I wouldn't necessarily call it a problem, but when you're self-publishing your own stuff, you don't have anybody else really to say yay or nay. That's why beta readers are so important also. Beta readers, you got to have them. But if you submit to a traditional publisher, if they're any good, they're going to tell you, hey, this isn't quite what we're looking for. You've got something there. Thanks, but no thanks. And you have to be able to have, you'd be able to take constructive criticism because there are some people that are going to say, this is crap. We need to redo this entire scene. And it's hard not to take that personally sometimes when people are trying to teach you and show you. Yeah, yeah, you kind of have to make those changes. You got to grow a spine a little bit. Um, I, I honestly don't know either one of us have had any real negative reviews. We're, we're more negative on ourselves, but that in part, and I won't go into details, is why we are self-publishing because we went back and found a lot of stuff that's like, okay, if we were doing this ourselves, we would have paid attention a little bit more and the product probably would have been a little bit different, hopefully a lot better. So, Speaking of reviews also... I think it's extremely important that when you're reading a book, you leave a review. Good or bad, it's the only way that we learn from our mistakes, 
what you want. We are truly interested in what the fans, what people reading our books want to hear from us. That w- that's what makes a good author. That what That's what makes people come back for more is that interaction with authors. Same with putting yourself out there on social media. That's one of the, f- the things I find most difficult to do is putting myself out there and opening myself up to criticism or just to, I, I don't know how you would how you would describe that exactly. Um, you have to build that relationship with your fan base, I think, before you can truly become who you want to be as an author. Great. And once you hook those fans in, as long as you keep pumping out the quality product, you'll have them for life. And, you know, we live in a digital age where more people see something digitally than, say, in a newspaper or a magazine. It's plastered everywhere so as authors we have to learn to accommodate the needs of the masses and you know tweet out when we have new books you know i don't don't have it yet but there's uh, mail lists where you send out like hey this is what's going on so there there are many avenues out there that are available that we need to learn to make use of and like i said that's what hooks everybody in and reels them and i think that probably wraps up this segment uh, we promise we'll get better at this, but this this segment's been about just a couple things that impacted us and how they relate to real life experiences and being authors and even publishers. So, in the future, we probably will add on some guest speakers during this segment also, and we'll kind of pick the brains of some other super creative people that we know. Yeah, I had a my first podcast two years ago, which technically was episode one, but it was really rough. And we interviewed an author out of Texas, Rachel uh, Tamayo. I probably am still saying this wrong two years later. (laughs) But uh, we at some point may pick her back up, see where she's at two years later, and other authors. I definitely want to pick her brain because at the time she said she didn't have enough confidence to move forward with self-publishing or pull herself away from her current publisher either. So I'm very interested in catching up with her and seeing where where she's gone and how many things have changed for her as well agreed so stay tuned we're going to take a quick break prep for the third session and we'll be right back be back soon Welcome back. We are on our third and final segment called The Poor. Um, <laughs> uh, here, here's what you can expect in the future. Um, as we do these podcasts, they're basically going to be broken down into three segments. I won't go into that part. But the last one is kind of where we wrap it up. And uh, we hope that you've all had a good time. We promise that we will kind of come back swinging in all aspects of everything that we're doing we've had a a rough last year one of us more than the other (laughs) but sometimes it takes a minute to regroup and decide you know what you want to do and we are trying to reinvent our own dreams and what we want for the future so i hope you'll stick around and share all the excitement with us yeah plan on each episode being around 30 minutes we want to keep it long enough entertain but just short enough where we don't lose you so because we can both talk i mean we we, could probably talk on and on 
and on. One of us more so than the other. One of us was paid to be quiet when she was little. <laughs> it didn't work very well either. So. It wasn't worth it, believe me. But so, we do want to hear from you guys too. So Yeah, be, be, be sure and leave comments. Um, we're definitely going to change the format up every time a little bit as far as what we talk about. We, we feel it's important. Um, some of you out there that you know live for your books, uh, we're going to try and find different topics each podcast we do to talk about to intrigue you. We're not going to do any book breakdowns. Um, we're not going to do any book read-alongs. Maybe, maybe not. Oh, but you never know. We could do ex- excerpts from different books or something too, little teasers or something. But if there's a book or you know something about that that you want to talk about or you want us to talk about, or specific topics and things like that too. Once we post this on Facebook, we'd like to hear from you. Uh, we may at some point, if I can figure out the technology aspect, have a hotline to call in. Um, but that's that's down the road. I'll just be happy if I can stitch this whole thing together. Hmm. A lot of remembering after two years on yeah, what to do. Indeed, so. I'm glad I just remembered my name. If you'd like to be on the podcast and you're an author also, we'd like to hear from you. Uh, we would love to interview you and give you a chance to talk about your books and how you got started and everything in between. So enjoy the day, enjoy the night, wherever you're at, and support your local authors or even just an author. Go find a nice cozy cafe with your book, whether it be on Kindle, your phone, or computer, or if you have a good old-fashioned paperback. Um, Find something to read that's good, support it, and lose yourself in the book. And never forget to chase your dreams. They're never too big to reach. Sometimes it takes a minute in your life to step back and reevaluate where you want to be and where you're headed, but always, it's always worth chasing your dreams in the end. Yeah, we've always loved reading, and I even, well, both of us probably did write stuff as as a kid growing up, but I didn't become a published, published author until I was 41. Yep, and that I was, was a little bit older than that, but you she, know. She's older than me. <laughs> so everyone have a good night. Go find a book. Find some food to, and drink to drink. And have a good night. See you on the flip side. Crafted Quill Podcast out. Out. This has been a Crafted Quill Podcast. Coming to you from the Inked Fairy Lounge. See you on the flip side.